Hey, 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 welcome back to the yard for episode 3. As opening week is about to be in the rearview mirror, of course it didn't occur without a lot of drama popping off, and history being made Friday night in Texas, along with another installment of MLB Stats Explained, as well as we're going into the past time yet again. So without further ado, let's just jump right into this. So let's get the most controversial news out of the way. As a day removed from opening day, MLB has announced that the All-Star Game will be moved out of Atlanta in response to Georgia's voting laws. Now, I know this highlight is about a week old, so everyone probably has a strong opinion about this by then. So I'm definitely not here to dive into that portion. I'm just here to talk the baseball aspect of it since this is a baseball podcast and I'm not a political analyst. So we do have an update on this past Wednesday. The Colorado Rockies will be the new host for the 2021 All-Star Game. And to be honest, this is where I have a conflicted opinion about it. Since it's a gorgeous stadium, gorgeous backdrop, it's going to be beautiful on the national stage for the Midsummer Classic. But this is a team that's trying to tank. Like, they just gave away their best player in Nolan Arenado to the Cardinals. And then they get awarded for the All-Star Game. I don't know. It's just it's just weird to me about it, but I'm excited for it. It's because it's Denver, the Mile High City, the air is thin. So for the home run derby, balls are going to be absolutely flying out of that stadium in Coors Field. So I'm excited for it. But what absolutely sucks is that the city of Atlanta obviously will be missing out on the All-Star game, especially since this is supposed to commemorate the late Hank Aaron that passed away this offseason. But the fortunate part of it, the city of Atlanta Atlanta will be compensated for this since the All-Star game does bring a lot of revenue and economy to the city. Since I was looking up an article on the Denver Post on the last time that uh, Denver has hosted the All-Star game, and it was back in 1998. And at that time, it brought around $40 million to the city of Denver. So luckily, the city of Atlanta will not be missing out on that kind of revenue. Probably not that much, but thankfully, at least both sides will be walking away with at least some help around this. So yeah, we're just going to leave it at that. Moving right along, on April 3rd, the Reds and Cardinals gave us our first bench-clearing quote-unquote brawl in 2021, with the situation being Nick Castellanos was at the plate, Previously on opening day, he goes yard off of Jack Flaherty, kind of does this pimp job, skip to my loo, bat flip, like hyping up the crowd, hyping up the dugout, like we're still in this sort of deal, being a competitor. Then on the next day, you have rookie pitcher Jake Woodford was on the mound while Nick was up and beams him right in the ribs with a 94 mile an hour fastball. Obviously, Nick was none too happy about it, but he takes his base. But before that, he actually goes to the ball, picks it up and offers it back to the pitcher. An absolute savage move like, hey, you still want the ball? Are you good with it? That sort of situation. But he just tosses the ball away and takes his base. And then the following batter, Reds first baseman Joey Votto, hits a shot into right field to have Nick go to third. And then with the following batter after that, I think it was Mike Moustakis, Jake Woodford throws a wild pitch which causes Castellanos to go home. And while Jake was trying to cover the plate, he unfortunately collides with Castellanos as he's sliding into home, which makes him safe, run scores. Then Castellanos stands up over Jake and freaking flexes on him, going like, dude, you hit me, I score on you, like what? what's up? Get out of here, get out of my face. And obviously Woodford's not too happy about it because no one likes being stood over and flexed on. So he stands up, tries to be like, hey man, what the hell is your problem? Like, I'm not trying to be intentional about it. That's sort of situation. And Yadi 
comes in going like what the hell's wrong with you i told you that the pitch wasn't intentional like basically what's your issue sort of deal and then that causes a scuffle both dugouts come out chirping at each other pushing and shoving but no punches being thrown so that's why i said quote unquote brawl which obviously i think that's just said to, to grab headlines but it, it's entertaining it's definitely entertaining that both these franchises definitely have a history dating back basically to 2010 is my latest memory of this prior to this brawl that it was red second baseman at the time brandon phillips he tweets out and i quote i hate the cardinals all they do is bitch and moan about everything all of them they're all little bitches all of them i really hate the cardinals compared to the cardinals i love the chicago cubs and of course that riles everybody up on the other side of st louis and then when Brandon Phillips goes to bat, he taps Yachty Shingard like, hey, how's it going? What's up? Like pretending he didn't tweet that out the following night. And then Yachty, of course, stands right in his face like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why you pretend to be friends? Well, you just basically put our entire franchise on blast saying we're bitches and whatnot. So then obviously that turns into an actual brawl where pitching and shoving turns into an absolute like scuffle behind home plate, punches being thrown, bodies being on the ground. Like that fight was around... I'd say about 10, 15 minutes, honestly. Like it was, it was crazy. Like bodies being pushed up against the fence or up against the netting. Like it's absurd. So obviously both franchises have a clear history that they don't like each other. So I think this is probably another installment, even though it was said that it's not intentional, which it's sort of not a clear side since Jake's a rookie. So he's not really that tied to the team, but there is a case being made that that's how you earn your stripes being that rookie. Stand up for your team, beam the guy going, hey, he showboated us last game, we gotta show him what's up, kind of that old school kind of style. Which I definitely think that's what happened, even though Yachty did tell Castellanos that, hey, that's not intentional. But what else are you gonna say at that moment going, hey, yeah, we beamed you, what are you gonna do about it? But ultimately, I think both sides acted appropriately to this, since the Reds are trying to spark something to this season, so doing a pimp job from Castellanos, trying to get his team going. Like he said in his press conference, he's trying to do the best he can to have his season not go 0-2. And then the Cardinals kind of having the old school approach of, hey, you do a pimp job on me, I'm going to beam you so that you're kind of taking the hot bat out of the hands to kind of disrupt them mentally. And then when they storm out of their dugout after the flexing of Castellanos, you're just trying to stand up for your rookie pitcher, going like, hey, we have their back. So... I don't think any fault is with both these teams. I just know as a Cardinal fan, this moment was kind of, actually it was pretty conflicting because I didn't like seeing my team getting showboated on, which of course any fan in any scenario has that same stance. So that's not surprising. But I can also respect what Castellanos is trying to do. He's just being a competitor. He's not doing any personal thing towards the Cardinals because after when he hit that home run, he's clearly looking at his dugout only. He's not staring down at the pitcher going, hey buddy, fuck you. So that's essentially my stance. Even though I do like what Amir Garrett has quoted out recently, it's kind of being rebranded as Cincinnati's trying to become the bad boys of baseball in a sense. And I got the soundbite real quick, so let me just play it for you. It's a domino effect. It's, we're gonna, everybody's gonna feed into it. I want everybody to think that Cincinnati Reds is like the most cockiest team ever. We're some bat flipping, showboating son of a guns, and I want everybody to know that. And I actually love that from Amir. He's trying to provide a spark or help try to provide a spark for his team since he's a pretty prolific personality for the Reds. And with that guy being a relief pitcher, that's pretty damn valuable to have that in your bullpen, knowing that he's not going to back down from anybody. And he has a history of doing that, that one time 
It was out in Cincinnati against the Pirates. The Pirates were being pretty damn chirpy towards him, and he took none of that and started storming towards the dugout to try and take on the entire team. Like, the guy's a psycho, but in the best way. Anyway, back to the Castellanos situation. I just think it's kind of bullshit that Castellanos gets the two-game suspension, which he's appealing anyway. So, it'll be interesting how that goes out. I haven't had any news from that since. So, I guess we're just going to take a pin into this and return to it at a later time. So yeah, this, this matchup is going to be interesting moving forward. They meet again on the weekend of April 24th. So that'll definitely be a matchup to look forward to. And I'll remind you guys when they meet again in about two weeks. So the biggest storyline coming out of the first Sunday of the regular season is something happened in baseball that hasn't happened in over 118 years. And that's a pitcher batting second in the lineup. Like normally a pitcher is like ninth is batting ninth the highest is eighth if you want to be strategic in a sense but batting second is basically unheard of and that's what Shohei Otani did for the Angels against the White Sox that night Shohei Otani is basically the Japanese Babe Ruth this guy can throw over a hundred and this guy can also hit absolute bombs which that's what he actually did on Sunday night his first at bat his second pitch hit 450 feet jack just a home run to deep right center field for his first AB in the game and before that he had a pitch that was recorded over 100 miles an hour like this guy is just crazy crazy good and i hope he stays healthy for most of the season for all the season obviously because this shohei has pretty much been injury prone unfortunately for the beginning of his season or beginning of his career and the guy is a much watch like here's what his stat line was when he pitched he pitched four two-thirds inning he only gave up two hits one earned run which i'll cover that later and then it'll be stats explained walked five unfortunately but struck out seven like he took down seven batters hit a home run yeah he went one for three with an rbi like, that's a pretty solid day, especially if, like, for a pitcher. Like, that's that's crazy. So, yeah, I hope and pray that Otani stays healthy the entire season because I need more of this. Please inject this into my veins. I love this dude. Now, the biggest storyline coming out of Monday was the Astros hate tour visiting Los Angeles. As the fans really got into it with their shenanigans, shout out to the response of last episode's question of the pod, the trash can jokes towards the Astros came on full force. As the fans from Los Angeles, one of them actually brought in an inflatable trash can that they were bopping around in the outfield stands like it was a beach ball. And then when the Astros took the field, they hit the trash can over the wall and it actually landed on the field where they had to stop the game to remove it. But that didn't stop them. Oh no no. Of course, booing relentlessly when the Astros did anything, one of the fans actually got one of the stadium trash cans. I don't know how they got it, but they brought it to the railing and they started banging it as loud as they possibly could when the Astros were on the field. And then it fell over the wall onto the field again. Like, it was just getting crazy out there. To the point that Astros manager Dusty Baker had this to say. You could tell the amount of hostility and the amount of hatred in the, in, in the stands. And, um... You know how many in the in the in the stands have never done nothing anything wrong in their life, or you know you know we paid the price for it. How many people have not cheated, you know, on a test or 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 whatever at some point in time? I mean, it's easy, you know, if you live in glass houses, but I don't think anybody lives in glass houses. And uh, you know, I think that you know sometimes we need to look at ourselves before you. Uh, you know, spew hate on, on somebody else. Like I said, it's uh, it's a sad, you know, situation for, you know, for America to me. You know, when you 
and you hear things. I mean, what are the kids supposed to think in the stands? Or you know, and, then, and some of them are uh, is this guy for real? And uh, it's, uh, it's sad to me. Like I said, it, you know, people make mistakes, and um, you know, we pay for ours, and uh, you know, we say leave it alone. Like it's just a hilarious quote. Like comparing it to the Astros cheating scandal to like cheating on a test. Like are you no? There's there's no comparison to the magnitude of what the Astros did in 2017. And of course they're gonna have to face that. I mean, I think also I think Dusty was kind of put in a tough spot there because he wasn't the manager when the Astros had the cheating scandal. He took the job after the previous manager got fired for it. So he's all he was on the other side of the fence, probably thinking what everyone else said. But while looking for a job is sort of like, screw it, I'll take this job because I'm a good manager and I can see if I can turn this around. But that was just a poor quote. But in this game, the Angels actually went on to beat the Astros 7-6, to so up theirs. <laughs> Even though the Astros did go on to win the series, so I guess they had the last laugh in this one, as of right now. So the biggest storyline coming out of Tuesday, the Cubs and Brewers got into it as Cubs catcher Wilson Contreras gets struck in the arm as he previously got hit in the head the prior night. So tempers flare up in Chicago as this will be a key matchup moving forward as both teams are part of a four-team race in the National League Central. So you add this on to it, they'll make things pretty interesting moving forward. Now, I know I didn't go into it as in-depth as the Cardinals-Reds one, mainly due to there wasn't really a brawl that happened. I mean, benches did clear, but it was brief. And also, MLB has a stupid blackout restriction on the game, so I can't watch any Cubs games to have any more in-depth of what's happened. So, yeah. But these two teams do meet the weekend of april 24th as well just like the reds and cardinals so book that weekend that's going to be an exciting one for sure now with nothing really happening on wednesday i would like to do a spotlight on two rookies that have had immense start to their careers we're going to start off with white Sox designated hitter yerman mercedes he is the first player in the modern era since 1900 to start his career eight for eight now this is a guy that's spent in the minors for close to 10 years and currently he's sitting at the majors with a slash line of 556 batting average, an on-base percentage of 571, and a slugging percentage of 889 with two dingers and seven RBIs. Wow, tip of the cap to you man. That is a stellar, stellar start of the career. I hope you keep it up. And then the next spotlight is Akil Badu, an outfielder of the Detroit Tigers. So for his first at-bat of the major leagues, he homered on the very first pitch. And then he hit a grand slam the next game, hits a walk-off the following game, and triples in his fourth game. Among making some defensive highlights to top things off, like gunning runners down at second. And I think he got somebody at home, but I'm not entirely certain. But this guy has had a full career in less than a week. The Rule 5 draft pick from the Tigers currently sits at a batting average of 385, an on-base percentage of 429, and a slugging percentage of 1,000, with two dingers and seven RBIs as well. And also to let you guys know, a Rule 5 draft, that's when teams without a full 40-man roster can select non-40-man roster players from other teams. But yeah, I just wanted to highlight those two guys because they've been tearing it up lately. So if you had the chance, get their cards today. So hopefully if they stay on course, they're, it's going to make some major money in the future. So for Thursday, two things popped off, starting with the Mets stole a win away from the Marlins with a walk-off hit by pitch. Let's get into it. Bottom of the ninth, bases loaded as Mets outfielder Michael Conforto sticks his elbow out that's into the strike zone with the ump initially rings him up on strike three, but changes the call since he sees the batter get hit, which he even admits later that he screwed up the call. 
What a Bush League way to steal a win, and how the ump completely drops the ball on this call is just absurd. You just have to attempt to get out of the way. Plus, it's a strike, so that's overrules getting hit by the pitch. And then the other thing, Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer is in the crosshairs of MLB's foreign substance crackdown. Trevor Bauer had a couple of the balls that he used in games during this season, has been sent to a lab to be tested for foreign substance. Bauer has voiced his opinion against the league in the past on the lack of enforcement of foreign substance, basically saying, screw it, if you're not going to do anything about it, I'm just going to use it myself. He even tweets out the recipe, which was later deleted. So do I think anything's going to come of this, actually? No, I don't think so. I think it's just a storyline out there just to get clicks, since several pitchers has been making it very obvious that a foreign substance is being used so far this season. So with Bauer actually using his voice, again, I think they're just used doing it for clicks. But you'll see a more in-depth perspective on his vlog from Trevor Bauer's YouTube channel. So you can check that there. So on Friday night, something historically beautiful happened in Texas as the San Diego Padres pitcher Joe Musgrove throws the first no-hitter, not just in 2021, folks, but it's the first no-hitter in the entire 52-year franchise of the San Diego Padres. And here's the kicker. The pitcher is the hometown kid born and raised in San Diego. You, you just can't script that. In nine innings, he struck out 10, didn't give up a single walk, but one hit batter in the second inning ruined the perfect game bid since the difference between a no-hitter and a perfect game is for a perfect game to happen, no batter should reach base. But nevertheless, still super impressive to see since over 2,400 MLB games are played a year, a no-hitter happens a max two to three times a season, which is about 0.12% chance. I mean, the call was great from the Padres, which is one of my favorite broadcasts, which if you caught my story on Friday night, you definitely saw that. But just in case you missed the call, I got it keyed up for you to hear this. Here we go. Like, obviously I'm not a Padres fan, even though I kind of sound like it at the moment, but that broadcast, I've listened to that probably several times, and it still gives me goosebumps. Just the energy the local broadcasters bring provides probably the best across the league, which makes this moment even better. Now it's time to introduce a new segment to you guys, which I'd like to call Hot or Not. In this segment, I'm going to provide you guys three of the hottest teams in the league currently and three teams that absolutely downright suck at the moment. So let's start things off with my number three in the hot column are the Astros. They're currently tied with the Angels in the AL West with a record of 6-3, and three, but what separates them from the Angels is their run differential, and it's currently sitting at 23. Now, the run differential is their runs scored minus the runs that are allowed. So as it stands right now with a run differential of 23 for the Astros, whenever they lose, since they only lost three times currently, it's not been by much. And whenever they win, they're just blowing out teams. So that's why they're at my number three. Now at number two for the hot column, I have the Atlanta Braves. They're currently number one back of the Phillies, but what makes them my number two is that they're winners currently of four straight at the time of this recording. After starting the season 0-4, so I think it's safe to say the bats of Atlanta and the pitching has definitely come alive. Now for my number one is the Boston Red Sox. They're leading the AL East currently by two games over the Baltimore Orioles, winners of six straight after being swept in the year. So it's easily set in stone at the moment for my week one, number one, the Boston Red Sox. Now my honorable mention is the 7-2 Dodgers. They're currently leading the National League West by a game from San Diego, and their run differential is 20. You can make a case that they're my number three over the Astros, but 
the Astros' margin of victory has been greater than the Dodgers. So that's what's been the sole decider as to why the Astros are over the Dodgers currently. Now for my number three in the not column are the Arizona Diamondbacks. Currently have a record of two and six, four games back of the LA Dodgers with a run differential of minus 19. That's basically the sole reason why I have number three since they won last night against the Cincinnati Reds. But before that, they've only won one other game. So that's what's been my number three. I, one win doesn't give you out of the knot column. You need to string a couple more. Now for my number two in the knot column, I have the Oakland A's. Three and seven currently, three and a half games back of the Astros with a run differential of minus 32. Now, currently they've won two straight against the Astros, but what gets you off the not column is we need a winning streak. We need winners of three games to get you off of this column. So currently the reason why they're number two is their run differential. 32 minus 32 is the worst in the league. So that's why they're my number two in the not column. And then my number one in the not column, the worst so far, is your Washington Nationals. One in four currently, losers of four straight after winning their first game of the season, but they've lost close games to the rejuvenated Braves and of course the Los Angeles Dodgers. So it's been a tough stretch of the schedule currently for them. So I think they, but I think they can pull it out since they have the tools to do so, but they currently are my number one worst team. Now for my surprising team, it was the Baltimore Orioles as their preseason ranked second worst. They were tied for the lead at four and three with the Boston Red Sox, but since dropping two against them, it looks like the waters are about to start to level out for them, unfortunately. But I do want to say welcome back and congratulations to the Orioles right fielder, Trey Mancini. He was out all last year due to stage three colon cancer, but has now beat the son of a bitch and has found his way back to the yard. Hell yeah, Trey. I'm so glad you're back and I'm so happy for you. Easily comeback player of the year, but still kick some ass. I'm definitely rooting for you this year, and definitely, of course, he is a guy to root for on the Baltimore Orioles. Hell yeah, I am so excited for this guy. All right, now it's time for another edition of MLB Stats Explained, where I provide context to the game, starting with the game's common stats. Like this week's episode, we're going over ERA and WHIP. So let's start things off with ERA, which stands for Earned Run Average, which represents the number of earned runs a pitcher allows per nine innings, which earned runs are any runs that are scored without the aid of an error or passed ball. And this stat is a commonly accepted statistical tool for evaluating pitchers. So to provide more context, an ERA between two to three is considered excellent and is only achieved by the best pitchers in the league. Then for an ERA between three or four is about average, and then an ERA about four or five is the majority of pitchers in the league. And then we are moving on to WHIP, which is walks and hits per innings pitched. Now this stat is one of the most commonly statistics that are used for evaluating a pitcher's performance. This stat shows how well a pitcher has kept runners off the base paths. The formula is simple enough. It is the sum of pitcher's walks and hits divided by his total innings pitched. And to provide some context, when it comes to major league caliber pitchers, a good whip is around one. Anything below one is outstanding, potential Cy Young worthy, which is an award at the end of the year to the best pitcher in the league, since this stat shows how dominant a pitcher is. Now next up we got another installment of Into the Pastime, where we go back into the history of the MLB, preferably this week we have This Week in MLB History. Back in 1989, This Week in MLB History, 
Ken Griffey Jr., the youngest player in the majors at the time, hit his first career homer on the very first pitch he sees at his home ballpark in Kingsdom in Seattle. The 19-year-old son of Reds outfielder with the same name takes White Sox Ricky King's pitch deep on his father's 39th birthday. And then, have you ever wondered when you check out a Rays game on why there's cowbells randomly jingling around the ballpark? Well, back in 2006, a snippet of the skit, We Need More Cowbell, which originally aired on Saturday Night Live in the spring of 2000, was shown at Tropicana Field. The use of the video clip suggested by the team's new principal owner, Stuart Stormberg, will inspire the Tampa Bay fans to start the tradition of clanging bells at the ballpark during games. Now before I go, I'd like to showcase you guys the games of the week so you guys can sit back and relax after work or what have you and check out a few games. Starting off on Monday, we actually have Cubs at Brewers. Now I said earlier that the Cubs and Brewers are going to meet on April 24th. I was actually seeing them like in Wrigley, but they're actually going to be showing up at American Family Field. I hate that name so much in Milwaukee. So you'll finally get to see the other side of this. How are the Cubs going to respond to the Brewers in their initial series together? So that's going to be fun. So check it out. 7.40 p.m. Hopefully the game's not blacked out for you guys like it is over here. And that'll be a three-game series from Monday to Wednesday, so you can watch it there. Now on Tuesday, if you're not able to watch the Brewers-Cubs game, we got Indians-White Sox, where two aces are duking it out on the hill, where we have Shane Bieber for the Indians and Lucas Giolito for the White Sox. Now Shane Bieber was a candidate for the Cy Young last year, while Lucas Giolito threw a no-hitter last year. So if you're a fan of good pitching, this is game definitely to check out, which that'll happen at 8.10 p.m. Tuesday night. And then later on for the nightcap, you got Trevor Bauer facing off against the Colorado Rockies as they are in town to face the LA Dodgers. The game is a late one like I said it's 10 10 p.m but seeing Bauer on the hill and seeing his shenanigans you don't know what he's going to be up to so so that alone I'm staying up for. And then for Thursday if you need a day baseball fix to get towards the weekend well I got you covered. Phillies at Mets. Divisional rivals you got DeGrom on the on the hill. The Mets are weirdly not good when DeGrom's pitching even though he has an ERA of 0.64. Like, goodness, come on, give this guy some run support. So hopefully, against their division rivals at home, I want to see how the Mets do against the Phillies. And then bringing you to the weekend, starting off on Friday at 10.10 p.m., we have Dodgers at Padres. Now, these two teams are obviously stacked they got pitching they got hitting they got elite defense you basically this is basically going to be your national league championship series and obviously they're in the same division they're going to be meeting 19 times so i can't wait to watch the first installment starting on friday at 10 10. then if that's too late for your liking obviously you can catch the highlights on the next day and watch them in the second game at 4 10 p.m and it, it is best to catch all these games on mlb.tv that's what i have if you really want to get into the games the price is worth it it's about 25 bucks a month just sign up there i think there's also if you have youtube tv you can buy a package on there that's also included i don't know if that's cheaper but that's another way to look into it for there so those are my games game of the week hopefully you can catch them make your day better make your week better catch some games let's go and i'd say we're about out of time this week thank you thank you so much for coming to the yard with me as i read you off some highlights you learn some stats you learn some history you learn more about the game that's what it's all about i'm so so thankful i'm gonna try and get you guys next week for another episode i do have something going on next weekend so i'm gonna try the best i can to get them out for you guys but 
stay tuned. Still hit me up on Spotify. Still hit me up on Google Podcasts. I think Apple Podcasts is coming. Rank me five stars. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Also, hey, drop me a follow on Instagram and Twitter at The Yard Pod. You'll be able to see me through my stories on Instagram. I try to post highlights I come across every single day, so check me out there. I'm going to try and interact as much as possible on Twitter with any baseball posts I find interesting so you can see my two cents from there. But anyway, enough of my plugs. This is Andrew. Thanks again for coming out to the yard. I will hopefully see you next week. Cheers. Thank you.